and welcome everyone to the SportsCeneTV.net weekly prep sports podcast. I'm Anthony Saranana, and he's back, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Gillette. Hey, everybody. <laughs> We're glad to have you back with us, Brian, and also with our audience. Thanks for joining us. It's, uh, wow, the final week of this interesting football season. Only uh, five weeks long, but we made it all the way through. And, uh, you know, just uh, to reiterate, you know, it's just glad to be out there to be uh, covering high school sports and brings back some sense of normalcy there. You know, Anthony, I think we were guarded not to give our opinions on, uh, which probably failed that. I don't really recall right now about how we felt going into the season. And I will tell you that I was not a big fan of this. I thought that the risks were not worth the rewards. Uh, but I got to tell you, going into week five, kind of excited, kind of, kind of, you know, I was kind of short sighted. I think that there are some, it's been a great experiment. And, uh, Thank God it hasn't been that many injuries. There has been some injuries. Uh, but overall, I didn't see this being worth the, the time to do it. And I was, I believe I was wrong. I think that there was great fruits and all the effort and energy from CIF to administration to staff and sacrifice by the athletes putting this together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we got a lot to cover. Um, we've got a great segment to uh, interview coming up. Uh, should we leave it as a as a a little oh, bit of a? Anyways, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how would you how would you hype it up? Well, I'll let you. I'll let you make the announcement, Mister Hype Man. How would you hype well, it up? I'll tell you who we're going to have on. It, it, it serves two purposes. Serves several purposes. We're having somebody who's also a friend of the program. Somebody we've covered a lot. Somebody who the fans that follow us that like us on social media have been. Uh, uh, putting the, the mouse where their mouth is. And that's who we're having on. We're going to, we're going to have uh, coach AJ Grassi again from Ayala. And I know that we've been covering a lot of Ayala, but uh, they're in the news and they're pertinent and they are winning. And we have the huge game coming up this week, which we'll talk about after we break down last week's fantastic uh, victory. Uh, really uh, it, it, they've, they have just pounded every opponent they've come across and Glendora uh, was on the short end of that stick last week, and you had a chance to see that game. Yeah, and uh, let's real quick plug our uh, website, sportsscenetv.net. It's free. Get on there. Get a look of all your prep football information and action all for free. Make sure to follow us on our social media pages, Facebook and Twitter, especially on game nights. Twitter, our game of the week, like Brian mentioned, will be the battle for the bone. So we'll be giving up game updates, pictures, maybe some videos as well. That's uh, Sports Scene TV. And then, of course, all the videos afterwards, like the highlights from the Glendora game against Ayala. We have that up. And that's also on our YouTube channel, Sports Scene TV One. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and uh, click on the notification. So that way you'll be uh, notified when any of the videos get posted to our YouTube channel. So, Brian, it was a busy week because, again, with the way the schedule is going, we've got Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday football games. Let's break it on down, Brian. Take us down the list. Hey, over in the Hacienda League, we had Walnut, 35, Ontario, 7, Diamond Bar, 28, Nogales, 0. Then we jump over to the Mountain West League where Bonita, 15, over Charter, 14. Ironic outcome to that game. We've seen both of them play. Uh, was surprised that it was that close. Uh, it looks like Charter Oak in Week 2 has learned a few things. Uh, then we go over to the Sierra League, and Chino, 39, Roland, 8. Covina pounded Pomona 44 to 14. Sunset. Hey, 
Sunset <laughs> Threw you a little uh, fairy dust there. Yeah. Edison, 44. Corona Del Mar, 41 in five overtimes. So uh, that's been a longstanding rivalry within that Sunset uh, Sunset League. That kind of reminds um, me of that uh, battle or that uh, milk can game with Chino and Lugo. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah, pass over to the right side of the end zone. That was that was a heck of a night. Over the Valley Vista League, Diamond Ranch, uh, 37, Los Altos, 7. Uh, Coach Martinez doing good things still over there at Diamond Ranch. Sandimas, 35, Northview, 0. So Have we not seen Sandimas in the in the lose column yet either? They are just yeah, yeah. on their way. They came yeah. up short over – I thought they lost to uh, Glendora. Didn't oh, okay. They might have on that one. But other than that, they've been just rolling That's along. That's why I was surprised on the Ayala game on, on yeah. how well Ayala handled Glendora, which is the next game. Uh, I'll mention the score now. We'll break it down at the end of this. But Ayala is uh, victorious 35-0 over Glendora. Damien, another shutout. Damien, 34. Mayfair, 0. Sarah Canyon, 37. And Upland, 0. And Anthony... I was thinking about this game, and I go, wow, man, they're just getting beat up. Look at they getting beat up by Mission Viejo, Sarah. Boy, they're not they're not laying off, and they're, they're carrying a tough schedule. Those are big-time games. And then we have Etiwanda, 34, uh, Colony 2. And uh, I'll let you break down some of the information on that Etiwanda game as well as the next few games coming up. Yeah, and that game, Brian, for Etiwanda, Coach Baez, Jordan Williams, he rushed for four touchdowns. They're three and zero now, Brian. Three and zero, uh, and <laughs> Nick just wanted to get through this. And he was really—he's another guy that just was very cautious going into this. Just he opted to have uh, another week of practice to get his athletes physically prepared. It was something that very much was he was concerned with, and yeah, they're and having good fruits over there. Yeah, absolutely. Rancho Cucamonga thirty-eight, Chino Hills zero. Chino Hills will be the one we'll see coming up in the. Battle for the bone. Uh, Elijah caught uh, Elijah Washington caught two touchdown passes from Jordan Holmes. Also returned an interception for a t- touchdown. The Cougars now two and zero with that game. Uh, Andrew Adrian Boyd rushed for 153 yards and a touchdown for Rancho Altaloma 38, Lososo 17, and they had uh, Trevor Tedesco with two touchdown passes. He also rushed for a t- touchdown. As the Braves now two and one. Win the game, Nicholas Pascarella. Hey, that last name sounds familiar. Yeah. Didn't... <laughs> didn't he have a coaching dad over there somewhere? I, something like that. Ended Grab up, uh, yeah, ended up catching two touchdown passes. Also a, a field goal he kicked for the uh, Braves. And Cole Bopp threw for two touchdown passes for Los Osos. But unfortunately, they came up short. Let's go to Big 8 League. Man, that 100-mile-an-hour uh, freight train Norco, 42, Oof. King 0. And you Brian, know, you 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 wanted to talk talk a little bit about that, and maybe even uh, the previous week's game as well. Well, yeah, I just said I wasn't here last week, uh, following information about uh, that Norco was victorious over Centennial, and it wasn't a fluke. I mean, they although they were they put up a hundred less yards, but they must have this. Uh, you know, I was looking at the name Kyle Crum, and I'm wondering if we covered him or interviewed him before, because it seems like a very common name within our coverage. But, you know, this kid's been, you know, he's he's put up in that Centennial game, like about 125 yards plus his, plus his uh, passing. So uh, they seem to be, it looks like they're running pretty much a run option over at uh, 
at Norco, but to find victory uh, go for an undefeated season uh, in this game against King, Crum threw for three touchdown passes and rushed for another one on Thursday. They cinched, uh, they clinched at least a share of the Big Eight league, and they'll go for an undefeated season this week uh, over Norco, or not over Norco, over uh, Roosevelt coming up, I believe, Thursday night. Yeah, and then so, staying in that Big Eight league, uh, Santiago 21, Corona 14. And then heading into the San Antonio League, Claremont 26, West Covina 0. And in that ball game, uh, West Covina was coming off a high. The week before that, Brian, they were playing against South Hills, and they beat South Hills. That was their wow. rivalry game, the uh, Kings of Cameron game. Wow. And, and then staying in the San Antonio League, Chafee 12, Don Lugo 0. Raymond Rodriguez rushed for 201 yards, 31 carries, as the Tigers are 3-1. and one. Um, You know, they 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 uh, went over uh, the shutout win against Don Lugo, 12-0. Mountain West League, here is that Bonita game you mentioned, Brian. 15, Charter Oak, 14. Quarterback Sean Jastrab uh, threw a six-yard touchdown pass to Hunter Krossenbach with 33 seconds left to play, and they end up winning the Mountain League game there as Jastrap finished with 259 yards through the air. And uh, you also mentioned San Dimas, 35, Northview, zero. How about the save the best for last? And when I say that, there's a little bit of uh, some bias on my side. Uh, Ganesha, 40, Gary, 14. It was the rivalry game, the battle for the real G high. (laughs) That's what we call it back in the day. And uh, their stud quarterback, Jesse Carmona, six touchdowns in the ball game. Uh, they cruised over, you know, Gary 40 to 14, uh, Ganesha three and O as well. And, you know, talk about league championships. Uh, you know, this would be something they would have since 1991. That's even prior to me. I mean, I graduated 94, so I remember 91, but, uh, you know, 94 was my year as a senior, but we didn't have anything to really cheer uh, about playoffs there can you imagine if roddy was here the comments he'd have to say about that game right now <laughs> that's right that's right so ganesha 40 and gary 14 but right. you know as you mentioned the the big game for us our game of the week it was that uh ayala versus glendora game 35 to 0 all the big hubbub about about glendora seeing how well they've been doing the the young man uh brayden bruss uh before the the game against ayala you know reading in the paper keeping Colony on their toes. He played five different positions, but it just showed in the score that Ayala was really up to the task. And uh, I mean, I was there when they played Colony. Uh, I'm sorry, when they played Charter Oak and it really was a ground attack, kind of one, one side and one dimension. And uh, the young man, uh, Jacob Badawi with four touchdowns, that young man is a, is definitely a, uh, is a keyword for being an athlete playing and baseball sport athlete. Yeah, yeah. And playing the sport earlier in the day. I mean, shoot, I just, you know, use the stairs uh, early in the day and I'm done for the day. <laughs> Don't expect me to go back. But uh, he, you know, they really played well. And, uh, you know, just to see the way the team gelled, I mean, that really looked like a championship caliber team. Well, Anthony, uh, what was nice about this game is the diversity in the offense compared to the game you saw. There's a lot more of an air attack. And I'm curious if you felt that it was more, of a, a, a was it a weaker defense? Was it a, a more of a design offense? Uh, and you know, tell us you you've seen this freshman quarterback. Uh, how did he pair compare to the freshman Cole McCain when he came out? 
Well, you know, I, I think when I had a chance to see them play against Charter Oak, it was more of a run game. And so when I talked to Josh Thompson, the champion newspaper, I, you know, I mentioned him, I said, you know, uh, I've been reading and hearing a lot about this, you know, youngster, Brian, Brian Wilson. And, and what a, you know, what an amazing uh, passing game he has. I said, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see it because with Charter Oak, it was more of a run. And uh, that's when Josh said, oh, you know, the young man does have strength in the arm. And boy, did he show it. Um, you have to really give it to that Ayala offensive line giving the young man a lot of, you know, opportunity to find his receivers and even the receivers, Brian, I mean, this young man was airing some really nice long passes and the receivers to, to make the catch, whether it was, you know, uh, extending full arms or, or even making the diving catch. I mean, it just, everything seemed to be going uh, just on par perfect for that combination for the air assault and, you know, being able to have the, the rush, and the passing game, any coach will tell you, if you get those two working in, you know, harmoniously, you know, one begets the other. Exactly. And I'm sure it kept uh, the, the Tartans on their toes, trying to figure out what the next person was. And as you mentioned, Brian, it didn't go to the same player every time. I mean, there was at least, you know, half a dozen a different guys. A lot of people had their mitts on that ball. Yeah, exactly. Well, coach may break that down for us in segment two, but I think uh, ironically that to share a little bit with you and who and what we are and evolution of things, but I asked you, we were talking about this uh, in show prep, and we were trying to remember the quarterback's name, uh, the difference between us. You said, uh, oh, how could you forget Brian Wilson? And the reason why you couldn't forget it was, would you say? <laughs> uh, the, the arm of the uh, former Dodger closer, oh, uh, Brian Wilson. Absolutely. Why? Throwing Nobody those fastballs. That. This little group that used to play music way back in the day when they had those gigantic CDs that were about, 12 inches across and they were made out of black vinyl. And there was a little group called the beach boys that had a player, you know, a little, a little, a little singer, a little weird. His name was Brian Wilson, but that's the first thing you're thinking Dodger baseball. I'm thinking, how do you not think of the Beatles or the beach boys? Well, you know, I, I, I kept it into sports where Brian Wilson of the Bulldogs has uh, an amazing arm, like Brian Wilson of the Dodgers had as a closer. And then of course, yeah. You know, right now the Dodgers are uh, pretty much kicking tail, and guess what? So are the Ayala Bulldogs. So, you, you know, they they have a lot uh, riding in going into this game as the defending uh, battle for the bone, uh, uh, you know, trophy holders. But uh, you know, it's just amazing, Brian. Though how, you know, it's a cycle that, and it happens with all these teams. Yeah, you know, milk can game. It was always a Chino game. You know, they always dominated. Now we're seeing Don Lugo. Same thing with the battle for the bone. You know, it was a, it was a Chino Hills uh, dominated. Now we're seeing Ayala's program come in. So, you know, as, as a coach, uh, you know, wisdom to these players, you know, never, never uh, take it for granted because, you know, we, we have our ups and downs. You may not be part of the program when we're having the ups, but you know, when we have our downs, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a cyclical thing. It's just very interesting to see when you get old, like me, you know, you see it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, I never thought we'd see the day where the, the Don Lugo program dominated the Chino program. Never, never thought that was going to be a possibility. But I do know that the history of it said in the beginning, it was Don Lugo that was the dominant program and it changed. So, yeah, very cyclical. That and you'd sense. have to tip your hat to the to the coach, the young man that's uh, at the helm. And he's going to be our, our guest in the second segment here. But Coach Gracia uh, has ties to the Chino Valley area. 
And just to, to, to see him come in and work on that program and just to see the uh, success that's going on there, a tip of the hat to him as well. Well, so when we do that, moving on there and closing up segment one, and let's get on to talk. Yeah, to Coach Grassi. I think you want to talk to head coach Grassi. That's what it is. <laughs> man, I'm a stud, man. Chat with him. I know you got a couple of uh, trick questions up your sleeve, so we'll see how <laughs> well coach handles it. <laughs> All right. So again, don't forget to check out our website, sportsscenetv.net. Brian, I can't believe we've only got one more week of football. Where's time gone? It's it's going by fast. So let's take a quick break. Coach AJ Gracia coming up in segment two. You're listening to the sportsscenetv.net weekly prep sports podcast. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Gillette returns. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And welcome back, everyone, to the SportsCeneTV.net weekly prep sports podcast. It's now segment two, and uh, this is the time where we get a chance to chat with uh, a coach or a player, someone in the uh, the, the high school prep sports realm. And, uh, you know, with the uh, big Ayala-Glendora game, uh, you know, past us now, and now with the big battle for the bone game, Brian, uh, it just felt uh, that we needed to have head coach A.J. Gracia back here on the podcast I know we had him here about two weeks ago, but, you know, especially with his team's success going on and that big win against Glendora, they remain 4-0, as we mentioned, and the big battle for the bone game coming up. Coach, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we were excited watching the game. I can I can tell that, uh, it, you know, you got a smile on your face when we said hello to you. It's, things are going well in Bulldog Nation. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We're, we're very happy where we are. Uh, currently, we still got one more game to kind of finish things up, but uh, I'm very proud of seniors on senior night. They came out and, you know, it was uh, it was probably one of the better football games we put together as a staff, as players. Um, and I'm very proud of the team. You know, uh, before we jump into that ball game, Coach, I, I know you're, you're not a stranger to having an undefeated record here. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't your team last season uh, go at least 7-0 and at one point? Uh, yeah, we, went, we had uh, our first regular season undefeated season in Ayala history. Uh, last year we went 10 to no, obviously we fell short in the playoffs, but um, so far 2020 and 2021 regular season has been undefeated. Hey uh, coach last week, uh, there was an injury on the field to your kicker. Uh, Denza, uh, could you tell us the status? We know it's been mentioned in other media sources, but uh, we'd like to hear from you how, how he's doing and uh, prognosis. Yeah, Dennis, I mean, you know, just a tough, tough competitor. Um, he, t he had a very bad break on his leg. He broke tibia, amphibia, and uh, he had some surgery on it. He's going to be in a cast for three months. They didn't have to put any kind of rods or anything, just a stint. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a full recovery, and he's doing well. He's already He was already back home by Monday. And so, you know, we're just wishing him a speedy recovery. We're going to play this last game for him. You know, Coach, it was nice to see when, uh, you know, they were uh... – taking him, uh, you know, to the ambulance, he, he acknowledged the, uh, the, the teammates, he acknowledged the crowd, gave the thumbs up. So that was, that was great to see. And, uh, you know, you're right. That young man, uh, his spirits, you could tell, uh, really well, very dedicated player. In fact, the week before we even highlighted his, uh, amazing kick where he just positioned it well, where the ball went out at the one yard line. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, no, he's a great kid. He's actually in my, uh, AP econ class and he's, uh, you know, he finally got his chance this senior year, and and uh, you know, I'm just wishing him the best. 
Well, let's talk about that game. Uh, watching your team play against Charter Oak uh, on one week and then watching your team play against uh, Glendora the following week. I mean, it really looked like, to me, two different teams as far as you had all cylinders, all facets of your uh, your team firing. So let, let's break it down. Let's let's chat about that. Uh, can you talk, walk us through that? Yeah, you know, one of the, the positives of, you know, playing a, a former league opponent is we've gone against Glendora and their offense and their defense and their coaching staff and their players for the last four years. And so we, we kind of know them well. They know us well. And, you know, we actually got a little bit of a, a preview because Charter Oak runs a very similar defense to Glendora. Um, some of their defensive coaches come from Charter Oak and they played there. So we kind of had a, a mock outline of our, our game plan against Charter Oak. And then we kind of saw some of the things that they did to us. We saw some of the things that Glendora did to us the year before, and we kind of put it all together. Um, we knew we were going to have to be able to throw the ball. And boy, did we throw it very effectively. And so, you know, we always know we're going to bring the run game, but uh, some of the play action, some of the quick game, and some of the deep passing game that Brian Wilson was able to complete to Marcus Monroe and Andrew Aguilar um, was pretty spectacular. You know, Coach, you, you mentioned that the passing game stepped up this week. Uh, was that because uh, young Wilson's arm or, uh, is maturing or he's maturing over the ball? Uh, is it a natural evolution or was it just the right defense for him to start throwing? You know, that first game against uh, Temesco Canyon, he he had a tremendous game. I mean, three touchdowns in one quarter, was throwing it all over the place. And just, you know, really it was the Bonita game and the Charter Oak game. He just missed on a couple of those explosive plays. And, you know, we were really just trying to establish that run. And, you know, he he's capable of it. And we worked on it all, all, all week and we, we just told him, hey, we just need to give our receivers a chance because we have some spectacular receivers. And I think that maturity as far as understanding where you can put it, where you can miss with certain receivers, I mean, that just takes time. I mean, we've only been playing four games. We've only been out here for a couple months with the football. So, you know, it's, it's actually pretty tremendous what he's been able to accomplish with the short amount of time that he's actually had. Coach, I, you know, uh... I know my next question is going to sound we're taken away from how, how good the passing game was, but so many guys touched the ball this week, our last week's game. Was that by, was that your game plan going in or was it, or again, was it an adaptation? Once you hit the field, once you were in control, you saw the ball could be moved around. Uh, was, was that the game plan going in or, or changed? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We knew we couldn't just keep handing the ball to Xavier and Badal, even though, you know, that's usually a good recipe for success. Uh, we knew they were going to key off our run game and, I knew just watching film and just knowing what we were capable of, they were going to have a hard time guarding Andrew Aguilar and Marcus Monroe. And then our, our, our tight end, uh, Carthen Chandler and CJ Sento out of the backfield. I mean, it was, it was a sight to see. And, and that was the game plan is to get the play action, sneak in some fullbacks, tight ends, receivers. And when you do that, you, you can't take away and key off one thing. And that's, you know, really hard for them to, to, to defend us. And that's why we were so successful. Now let's talk about your defense because obviously you hit all the nails that we wanted to talk about um, for your offense, but uh, let's chat about your defense. I mean, that first touchdown that you guys scored was made possible due to your defense uh, on that big interception by Mr. Uh, Chandler Carthen in the uh, Glendora's opening drive. Uh, let's, let's chat about that defense because there were some really good uh, key points that came out of that ball game. And um, if you, uh, Recall, you know, the yard is being held as well against the uh, Glendora offense and just as many points as you, you scored, you held them 
you know, pretty much to zero. Yeah, our defense has been spectacular all season. You know, it's it's always easy for the offense to get going when the defense keeps giving you the ball in great field position. And we've we've got a bunch of ball hawks with Andrew Aguilar, um, all of our corners. We have three corners that have all played quality time. Marcus Monroe, uh, Theodore Woodbury, uh, Jaden Saylor. And then we actually got one of our safeties back from injury. So that's, you know, if you look at our last two performances, uh, Drew Merrill has been able to help out in that secondary and, you know, we just uh, we fly around the ball. They're so aggressive. Coach Cedargren and the defensive staff does a great job at getting them. I mean, you know, at the high school level and even at the college and professional level, a lot of times touchdowns occur because of misassigned, uh, misaligned, and there's just a blown coverage or something. And we we haven't had any of that this season. I mean, you know, there's been a couple times it's it's natural, but you know, we've been so fundamentally sound. We've tackled, we've covered. And then, of course, when you cause that much havoc, you're going to cause turnovers. And that's just it's it's a it's a pretty sight to see. And I'm glad I don't have to go against our own defense. Well, with this game against Glendora, would you consider it was this your your best game? Was this your peak game? Is, is definitely is definitely our best game of the season by far. I mean, you know, to go up against another undefeated team who was, you know, averaging over 30 points a game and holding other teams under two scores a game. And for us, you know, with six minutes into the you know, second half, you know, when that injury occurred, uh, there was still six minutes left in the third quarter. and It was already 35 nothing, And, you know, it kind of changed the course of the game. Uh, we went to a running clock in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, it was uh, all, all three levels, special teams, offense, and defense played spectacular. No one standout? What would you, if you had, if I asked you to pick a standout for the game? I mean, once again, Jacob Adawi uh, played in a baseball game and then came out and was doing everything for us offensively and defensively. Uh, Marcus Monroe and, and Brian Wilson connection was pretty spectacular. And then, of course, the guys that never get mentioned are the O-line and sometimes the D-line. Um, our D-line with all seniors uh, led with Carlo Torres, Dominic Lanatois, Jake Atalano. And then you throw in some of the younger guys, Colvin and Rodriguez and Brown. It's just, it's a sight to see and our RO line, I mean, you know, I don't want to throw it out there, but, you know, our O line running wise establishes the run and, and our quarterback doesn't get touched very much in the past game. We haven't allowed uh, any sacks on the season. And to do that against a blitzing, aggressive team like Glendora and the week before against Charter Oak, and it's uh, just a testament to our O line coaches and our O line. Okay, coach, it's been easy up to this point. I've got two questions that are going to make you uncomfortable. So you're gonna have to. I'm ready. I'm ready. You, you can't. You can't hide because. All right. We. You basically have said, man, your offense is awesome. Your defense. Are you an offensive team? or offensive powerhouse? Are you a defensive powerhouse? How do we describe you? <laughs> well, I call the offense. So I would like to think we're we're just uh, just this phenomenal offense. But you know, when you hold teams to seven points a game, you have to tip your hat to the defense. And uh, I think, you know, last year our defense stood out against Glendora and that's why we won a league title. And guess what? Our defense again this year uh, stood out all season. So trust me, defense wins championships. I'm very glad to have our defense play the way they do because it makes my job a lot easier. Right. So was that uncomfortable for you? Because the next question <laughs> is going to make you extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> we may have to give you an option of a, a, a way out of this one. All right. Let me read it to you. Okay. So in the A.J. Gracia version of Madden football, Given that this year has been, you know, uh, the teams only played five or will play five games, shortened season, short for preparation time. Which team comes out victorious? 2020 Bulldogs or the 2021 Bulldogs? 
Boy, if you could see the grin on his face right now. <laughs> uh, no comment. No comment. Ah, well. <laughs> but here's the here's the problem with that because so many of the talented players on this team were part of that other team. So it's kind of one of those things where it, they made each other both great. Um, I owe a great uh, so much so much debt to that senior class last year with with that freshman class. That was my first freshman class coming through as as seniors. They won two league titles. First undefeated season in, in school history. And, you know, one thing that you can say is that team did it for 10 games. This team has done it for four games. We still have a lot to prove. And uh, I, I wish they would have had a chance to prove that. And, you know, we can always debate that because I know these classes have all debated who's that the better class. But, uh, you know, it, it, it might be a it might be a tie and we would uh, decide not to go to overtime. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, coach. Well, let's shift gears now and uh, let's look up at the big rivalry game coming up, the battle for the bone. I mean, obviously your team's coming off a huge win, uh, you know, maintain that undefeated record. And uh, you're also the defending of the battle for the bone trophy. So it really doesn't sound like uh, you need to do too much as a head coach to excite these guys coming into the ball game. Uh, But how do you find yourself, uh, you know, as the coach managing the excitement of these players? Because obviously we know sometimes uh, too much excitement can be counterproductive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I talked to him about it just this morning uh, during our first period football class. And, you know, I told him, I said, guys, you've got to remember, it's still a football game. You know, the yards are still the same. There's the same amount of plays and rules and calls. And so, you know, one thing that we'll miss a little bit is the the craziness of the crowd. Obviously, it won't be at full capacity due to COVID um, regulations. But, you know, there's nothing that I need to tell these guys to get them motivated. We have plenty to be motivated for. We've talked about being perfect all season in, in the sense of be perfect at practice, be perfect at the end of every week, one and zero, and uh, to do something in school history, to win this, uh, this trophy, this battle for the bone three years in a row um, to make some more history at Ayala would be something tremendous. And, and with this senior class and my players and my coaches, there's, there's no way they're going to have a letdown. They're going to be ready to play. We're going to face a quality opponent. It's a rivalry game. Anything can happen, and so we're going to uh, keep the pedal to the metal as far as practices and, and keep these guys focused. Hey, Coach, just a favor here. Um, paint a picture of what we're going to expect to see for Chino Hills. We're not being able to uh, cover them as much or get the word out about them. So what can we anticipate? What are we going to see on the field from Chino Hills, and what's it going to take to defeat them? Yeah, they, they like to spread the ball. They like a lot of 10 personnel, so four wide receivers, one back. Uh, they try to run the zone inside. They, the, some of their coaches came from Corona Centennial and that kind of style of offense with the big splits and the zone read and then the quick game and deep passing game. And so, you know, they're going to try to put a lot of pressure on our defense and spread them out. And we just got to do a good job at covering and, and playing the quarterback and the running back in the run game. And then defensively, they, they like to change up some of their fronts, which is always difficult for old linemen, you know, jumping from an even to an odd front. Um, they've played man, they've played zone. So they've changed it up. They'll, they'll bring a game plan specifically to whoever they're playing. And uh, that we'll, we'll see that on the first couple series and make our own in-game adjustments. And, you know, it'll, it'll be a fun game. I think, uh, you know, something we've done all well all year is uh, win the turnover battle. And I think in a rivalry game, that's always so critical. So let's just keep doing that. Keep taking the ball away from their offense and let's keep holding on to it offensively. And I think we'll, we'll be pretty successful. Well, Coach, a uh, question we've asked you in years past. I'd like to ask it again. So there's going to be a word on the whiteboard the guys are going to see as they go onto the field. 
uh, maybe throughout the week or, or game day. What's that one word you're going to want to drive home to these athletes to focus on? Perfection. We've, we've talked about it, and I haven't really talked about a record or anything like that. It's more just be perfect every day, be perfect on every rep, because with only five games, with getting this opportunity to play, even though we thought it was going to be taken away from us, um, there's no reason not to give your perfect effort, perfect energy, perfect attention to everything we do right now. And that's uh, I think that mentality has, has shown up on the field and, and with the scores, but uh, I'm just so proud of this group, and, and that's what we're trying to be is perfect at the end of Friday night, want to know. Well, coach, you know, it's interesting because the question I was going to ask you kind of relates to what CIF announced today that, you know, for the season two sports, they will be seeing playoffs. And unfortunately, football, um, you know, we're, we're limited to because of the way things uh, worked out as far as the start time. But since there isn't a playoffs, um, is this upcoming rivalry game going to be like your playoff game and where a win here will be similar to, you know, winning a, a, the, the league trophy as you'll be able to hoist that thing up in the air and, uh, you know, have an undefeated record at the end of all this. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all we can do is, you know, play the games that we're allowed to play. And, and so far we've, we've won all those games and we're four and we've, we've beaten every league opponent that, um, has decided to play us. And so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we're league champs and, uh, now it's just about going out and being your crosstown rival and, and winning that trophy and doing it for the city and for the community and, and giving these guys one more memory, especially our seniors. Well, Coach, you know, we're getting near the end of the interview here. And uh, my final question to you is, um, you know, having an opportunity to reflect on this unusual season, I think when we talk to you and a lot of the coaches, uh, you know, they say out being in the field and playing football is kind of like the bonus uh, because for all these student athletes, for everything they've had to endure over the last year. But now seeing your team here five weeks later coming, you know, to the end of the season, um, what would you want to say to them now and the coaches, parents, and even the fans about your experience, uh, you know, as a coach here and having being back on the field with these group of young men who will, you know, never forget this, this year, you know? No, absolutely. And, you know, the, you guys know full well how, how much goes into just a game on a game night, the season, the spring ball, the off seasons. And, you know, we've been doing this literally since, the lockdown in, in a year ago, we've been holding zoom meetings. So that means my players and coaches have had to sacrifice their time. Our family members, our significant others, um, our admin, our athletic department. I mean, we've all had to sacrifice and we've done it all because we wanted to do what's best for these young men. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're definitely painted back with the, the gratefulness that they've shown by playing their hearts out. And uh, you know, I just want to thank everyone, the booster club, the parent, the parents, the family members, the, the friends, the players, it's been a, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. And I think it shows the best in high school sports, uh, what we can accomplish when we kind of come together and we fight for what's best for the kids. Well, you know, definitely coach, we want to thank you uh, again, like Brian had mentioned uh, the accessibility to, to, you know, to have you come on here to talk with us out at the, you know, the football field, even the administration, uh, Mr. Warren Reed out there. Um, always nice, pleasant to see him. Even the guys up in the booth, uh, you know, with the things being a little, you know, different, you know, going up there and asking them for rosters. So we really do appreciate um, all that you and your program and the supporting staff and admin do around there at Ayala High School. Definitely a, a class group there. So thank you so much. Thank you. Brian, you have anything to close off no, here with Coach? No, just again, uh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure to have you on this year. It's, uh, 
Uh, we really treasure the fact that we've established this relationship. Uh, I know it seems like we are favoring covering Ayala. It's just the way that it unfolded this year. Uh, we have just uh, ease of access, supports by your fan and your followers, which we appreciate. So we enjoy giving them what they want, and that's what we're hearing. We wish you good luck in the Battle of the Bone. We hope that everyone is safe and everyone plays at their best uh, this Friday night. Thank you, Brian. All right, Coach. Thank you for joining us again. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it'll be segment three here on the SportsCeneTV.net weekly prep sports podcast. And welcome back, everyone, to segment three here on the SportsCeneTV.net weekly prep sports podcast. Brian, what an amazing interview with head coach Grassi. I mean, like we said, we don't normally have coaches come on so quick, but there's just so much to chat about. And uh, I loved your questions. Your your uh, <laughs> your hard hitting Barbara that? Walters, you know, 2020 <laughs> investigative journalism now, questions. We need to get some tears, you know. So, but uh, I uh, am enjoying our dialogue with him. I think he's going to become another one of the sports scene TV go to uh, coaches that we consider in our fold that give us that are real with us, that are comfortable with us, and will pretty much tell us you know, are comfortable in telling us the way it is without the fear of being trapped or, or exploited for something they've said. So uh, enjoyed him. I mean, I really, we've seen him come from day one on that field to now. And uh, uh, he's not the old man, but he's definitely comfortable in his role. And I think that uh, in the past we've said, you know, would we feel, uh, where would we want our kid? You know, I think your kid's safe under his tutelage. I think that He's got the right priorities. And I think that, uh, you know, we've been around and uh, we're not going to tell you the ones that we're not comfortable with, but uh, there's a few coaches that, that I think that are take the responsibility of mentoring your children through this process uh, seriously. And I think he does. And I think he does it well. And, you know, to, to, to in all fairness, to, to let our, our viewers know and, and our listeners know as well, we really pride ourselves on being a uh, balanced, uh, you know, outlet that covers different uh, teams and gives everybody an opportunity. And uh, my goal uh, is Friday to when we go out to that battle for the bone game, I really want to connect with the new head coach over at Chino Hills, chat with him and see if there's a way to get a direct connection with him. Understandable, you know, with the way uh, a lot of the schedules are going for administrators and coaches, um, they may not have time, but we did reach out. And, uh, you know, we didn't hear anything back at the time that we recorded this. Yeah, but, but in, you know, I, it's, it's frustrating. But let me paint a fair picture. The people that are on the front line answering the phones at the school have no idea who we are, or what's going on, or you know, their whole world's not, you know, wrapped around sports. So when we, out of respect, try to reach out and do it the right way, reaching to the coach or to the athletic director, they're not understanding why we need to reach them. And their responsibilities are to be somewhat protective. Secondly, then I reach out to the athletic director. You know, I'm, I'm assuming he's there waiting for my phone call, and it's not always the case. You know, he's got a lot of things on his plate. So he couldn't get back to us at a time for us to be able to arrange to have a coach on from Chino Hills uh, in order to expose him to this process. And they're not as familiar with the sports scene TV. Both people are in, you know, I know that, that uh, Michael Terry is not first year, but He's not real familiar with sports and TV podcasts and, and that uh, that we got his back. 
So it's a process and we'll get more of it, but we sincerely tried uh, very hard to get Chino Hills represented in the podcast and it just wasn't going to be able to, but we felt the battle of the bone was significant enough to talk about. So we thought the next best thing is let's get coach Grassi on and ask him to paint that picture for us. And, you know, speaking of uh, people that uh, everyone knows, well, no matter what school in the Chino Valley you are in, that would be Josh Thompson of the champion newspapers. And uh, it, it would be remiss of us to uh, thank him for uh, filling in for Brian last week because, you know, Brian uh, had bigger fish to fry. So, you know, Josh said, you know what, Anthony, I'll, I'll help you out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You what know, is, you know, it's funny because I sit here thinking, okay, I got to say something. Where, where can I jab Josh at? You can't. There's just nobody that wants to take a shot at Josh. He's such a good guy. He's liked by everybody, respected by everybody out there. Uh, and he's what another uh, asset to have a, a friend like that of the program and somebody we can call on. And thanks again, Josh, for helping out. I'm going to make an inappropriate comment about Josh here and say, Josh Uh-oh. is so nice. Even his mother-in-law loves him so much. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, let's jump right into the football schedule, Brian, because we have a lot to chat about, but yes, thank you so much, Josh Thompson of the champion. Look forward to chatting with him and seeing him at the battle for the bone. So let's uh, jump right into the football schedule. Brian, I'll let you uh, roll in with that one because we're starting off with your one of your favorite leagues uh, here in town. Yeah, you know what? You gotta you gotta love the Big Eight League, man. They're just they're solid. And uh, undefeated Norco will be contesting their league championship over at Roosevelt. Great place to see a game if you could see a game. And that also Centennial will be playing at Corona. Santiago will be playing at game uh, at King. And those are all Thursday games, April fifteenth and seven p.m. Unless otherwise noted. San Diego, San Antonio League, West Covina will be at Don Lugo. We had hoped to bring you that live uh, feed, but unfortunately, where it doesn't look like there's going to be time to be putting that broadcast together, and so we have opted out of that. And the Sierra League, again, Thursday night, Chino will be playing at Pomona. Valley Vista League, let's see, we have San Dimas is going to be at Diamond Ranch. Non-league games will find Glendora at Bonita. That should be a fantastic game. Uh, seeing if you put all the coverage we've been putting back to back, where we've seen Ayala play, Glendora play, Glendora play Ayala, Glendora play, and blah blah blah. Boy, did I get lost there, Anthony. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking we've seen all these things. That should be a good game. Bottom line is also Notre Dame is at North, and over here on April 16th, Friday night games. Baseline League should have Damian at Upland. Boy, we know that coaches are looking forward to that game. Big That's test for Coach uh, Bechtel on that one, right? Bechtel. Yeah, and then Upland's coming off a couple of major losses, but against some big-time schools. So Rancho Cucamonga will, uh, moving on, Rancho Cucamonga will be at Etiwanda, another coach looking for a big game. Coach Baez over at Etiwanda been looking forward to this Rancho Cucamonga game. And over in the Citrus League, we have Los Osos playing at Colony. In the Hacienda League, we'll find Nogales playing at Ontario. Walnut will be at Diamond Bar. And over in the Miramonte League, La Puente will be playing Ganesha. San Antonio League will find Chafee at Claremont. And a non-league game, and the game where you're going to find Anthony, Josh Thompson, and a lot of the Chino Hills faithful will be Ayala over at Chino Hills High School. Yeah, and uh, real quick, Brian, just to roll back to that Hacienda League matchup, 
They're also having their big rivalry game, the branding iron game, the Walnut Mustangs and Dunbar Brahma. So that should be fun. But let's switch, like you mentioned, the battle for the bone game, Ayala at Chino Hills. And that's going to be our game of the week. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at Sports Scene TV. We're going to bring you some pictures, maybe some post-game interviews. We'll bring you some uh, other videos as well. And then, of course, our big highlight package afterwards and uh, should be a good one. And you know what, Brian? I'm thinking, if I'm not mistaken, I think both schools right now will be starting freshman quarterbacks for both sides. Ah, there you go. So that'll be some great fun to see these youngsters uh, get their first uh, bite at the uh, big rivalry game as uh, they will both be starting um, on Friday night. So should be good. A lot of action, though. If you can uh, catch hey, any of those games, do it. Anthony, uh, Coach mentioned something that kind of we skipped over, but he mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, that Chino Hills is bringing uh, some new front uh, line uh, line line presentations. Uh, that's not the right word. I can't think of what the new formations I'll be looking at because he said they brought in a few of the Centennial coaches and you know that we tout on this all the time. I think one of the biggest things about Centennial is that their offensive line and their, and their sets and uh, how they just bait you. If they're bringing that kind of mentality or that, that new scheme over to Chino Hills, That'd be exciting to watch because a lot of the guys here are not going to know how to set up or prepare for that, but it's not going to work unless they're athletic enough to achieve it. So it'd be interesting. You're going to have to let me know if it has a little flavor, that Centennial offensive line and the, and the sets that they have with the big gaps there between. So uh, interesting. Looking forward to seeing how that goes. Yeah, definitely will. And uh, we'll have a good highlight package. And again, just make sure to follow us at sports scene TV on our Twitter page. Well, Brian, the big news came out of CIF today and basically the town crier with the bells say, "Heary, <laughs> heary, the playoffs are returning for uh, season two sports, which is consists of which consists of baseball, softball, basketball, soccer, boys, volleyball, lacrosse, tennis. And as you said, uh, did you know? There's dual meet wrestling. <laughs> well, I, said, I didn't know the difference between a dual meet and individual wrestling. And I had to inquire. And thanks to the help of one of our local athletic directors, Jeff Grant over at Damien, he kind of broke a few things down for me, questions that we had about this. And uh, for I would probably the only one that does not know the difference between a dual meet wrestling, which is a team on team wrestling match, as well as like a football matches two teams coming at each other as an individual, uh, maybe 30 high schools would be attending a mat, a, a match or an invitational. And each one will bring in maybe one or two from your program, an outstanding wrestler to play just in their weight division. So CIF is having a problem class because technically the individual is classified as an indoor sport. So they do not have a postseason set up. But it looks like CIF is working out to have playoffs for the second season sports. And what I think is, in, you know, what I, we needed answered and to find out is, are they playing full seasons in order to, to justify a playoff season? And they are. Not all teams may complete a full season, but they are not regulated. They are, uh, uh, let's say that a team has two weeks less playing time than another one. But if, as in basketball, instead of playing twice a week, you want to get a third one in there, you can't. You, there's other ways that you can fulfill those game requirements, and they are playing full seasons. 
So uh, that was one of the questions we had. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. In fact, um, talking about these sports, I think you and I were chatting about it, that some of these seasons are going to take us well into the summer time about yeah. June and school's yeah. already going to be over by then, but they'll still be allowed to play. Yeah. Some of these, some of these playoff games and championship games will not be contested until late deep into June after school's route. So my next question was, does this affect the school the, the, for NCAA or does it affect it? You know, when that's of a kid's moving on, you know, uh, out of the program and, uh, uh, something that I, I just didn't pay attention to, I guess, when it was going down is that back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, this is very commonplace for schools to be playing beyond the end of the school year. And then that wasn't, uh, it was much uh, looked upon much easier to go ahead and, and to accomplish those goals towards the end of the year. Uh, that's what they're doing here. Uh, so that some of these, some of these will be played after school has been let out. But they, as in baseball and in basketball, I think that the uh, baseball season won't get done until June 18th. Uh, I know like at, at Damien, they'll be out of school June 3rd, June 4th, somewhere right in there. But yeah, so that would be interesting to see how it goes. But it's nice that they will have a full season with playoffs and with championships. You know, and, and it's going to be fun to go out and catch these games. Obviously, our basketball coverage in the past, we've brought comprehensive coverage with uh, video highlights, but I think with so many uh, sports coming out, Brian, I probably might just uh, end up taking the, uh, the uh, almighty one, Josh Thompson's approach and go out there, get a few quick picks, maybe a few quick clips, post them and then add like the, you know, the scores, because you think about it, if we're covering, let's say one day, we could have a, a, a one school, let's say we go to an Ayala, They've got baseball, they've got basketball, they've got softball. You'd be covering three, you know, three sports in one day. It's going to be kind of hard to get a lot of uh, video highlights done in one day. So <laughs> maybe just some quick clips or just some pictures and, you know, throw up a score and, you know, we can provide coverage that way, you know, better, better something than nothing. And of course, you know, with baseball and basketball, those happen multiple times during the week. But uh, it's funny. I'm looking at some of these other sports in the second, they're still working on trying to work out, a playoff system for golf, boys and girls, swimming and diving, and uh, tennis, the track and field. But it made me seen here uh, diving. And uh, I don't know if you remember back '86 uh, to back around the 2000, 2002s. Ayala, or no, I'm sorry, Don Lugo had one of the state's number one divers. I thought she was in in track to be an Olympic driver. I'm sure, Josh Thompson will have some information on her, but yeah, at one point, Don Lugo uh, had a pretty outstanding diving team, which consisted of one diver, but she held all the, uh, she held all the medals for diving in uh, California. So I thought you were going to go way back. probably think to the eighties where uh, you had, uh, when you talk about diving uh, going all the way back to the one Harvard uh, longboard jumper uh, named Thornton Mellon, out of Harvard, he had the uh, triple Lindy. You remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I'm referencing. Yeah. Well, now you're dating yourself. Yeah, now I'm referencing. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, what was that? Uh, back to school. Or, back to uh, school with Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield. Dangerfield. <laughs> the triple Lindy. <laughs> the triple Lindy. Now I'm really dating myself, but uh, but you know, it's it's nice to see that at least with these season two sports, they're definitely going to be able to get their playoffs in. I mean, uh, you know, as we mentioned. It, to ch chatting with coach Gracia um, and you brought up that hard hitting, you know, uh, question, 
that Madden game, uh, this year's team, last year's team. And as he mentioned, you know, last year's team, we got to go to the playoffs. Unfortunately, this year's team, we didn't, or we won't be able to because of the limitations, but man, only you can just use your imagination and wonder about what playoffs could have been like for this team. Could and, you imagine if somebody, if CIF could figure out a way to work with uh, one of the gaming consoles to, you know, how they feed in the Madden games that they could put in different high school years to see, but they, I, I'm wondering what the following or the ticket, obviously not as big as the Madden one, or if they can get away with it. But that sure would be kind of fun to see if you couldn't put in different high school teams to see now, you know, the way they do that matchup. Yeah, that would definitely be fun. That would hey, be fun. You better get a patent on this thing or this idea, at least a little <laughs> piece of the pie there. <laughs> yeah, and who knows? Maybe I could find a 10-year-old that's taking these, uh, what, are the, what are those uh, science, yeah, these uh, coding classes, and he'll be able to make it for me in like a day where, you know, yeah, somebody exactly. like me looks at it and goes, I could never get this done. <laughs> well, They're you know, like me trying to figure out Zoom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Brian, I think we should probably wrap things up. But again, we yeah, really like want five minutes ago. <laughs> I, th- I think we really need to uh, thank uh, head coach AJ Grassi again and Josh Thompson, the champion newspapers. And, you know, Brian, I, I think what uh, you and I were going to need to do is sit down and hammer out and see what we want to do uh, for next week's podcast, because it'll be winding down and uh, maybe some oh, time yeah. to reflect and and uh, no playoffs, and maybe we'll get uh, some uh, outside perspective on uh, how the season went. Maybe, maybe we'll get some pre-recorded uh, coaches clips or something like that to to roll in because you know it's just just like we did when we started this. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear a lot of the uh, uh, reflection back on this. I agree, but it's, it's a, so if you have an idea of what you want to hear for a wrap-up show, let us know. And if not, you know you're going to have to trust us, and then. And no one to blame but yourself. There you go. <laughs> well, again, uh, make sure to check out our website, sportscenetv.net. It's free. You can get all the updates and videos, uh, all that and more, sportscenetv.net. Also go to our uh, social media channels. It's uh, Sports Scene TV on Facebook and Twitter, especially on Friday night. Follow us on Twitter, Sports Scene TV. And then our YouTube channel, Sports Scene TV One. Please give us a subscription subscribe to us and hit the notification. You'll be notified every time we put up a new video and uh, we hope you've been enjoying these podcasts. It's been fun for me and Brian, especially utilizing the new zoom features that uh, came out of use, you know, all this uh, technologically, uh, you know, technology, I guess, pretty much uh, to help us uh, work around this uh, pandemic, but definitely had an opportunity to do that and keep uh, Brian and myself LinkedIn still, uh, even though you're oh, don't the say LinkedIn bad news oh, on the oh, news oh. Today about LinkedIn. Oh, oh, sell, sell. <laughs> They've been hacked. <laughs> oh no, that's not good. I better go check my profile. <laughs> All right. So for Brian, this is Anthony until next time. We'll see you out on the football field this Friday night battle for the bone. We'll see you next time here on the sports scene, TV.net weekly prep sports podcast. So long everybody.